The date is Friday, May 28th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing the award-winning game called The Last of Us and its embattled sequel. We'll explore the initial leaks, what was so game-changing about the first release, and so much more. We're sneaking past the zombies to find a deeper meaning behind this post-apocalyptic gaming experience. So enjoy! Fair and well met, Traveler. You've once again ventured into our neck of the woods. Sorry for the inconvenience. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to the only show on the internet covering all things entertainment that we know of. This is Entertain This. Entertain This. Oh, no. (laughs) You all right over there, Michael? I'm only slightly dying. Yeah, let's yeah. down let's, there for a minute. Yeah. What's, what's up, buddy? Uh, just you know, second day after getting the second dose of the vaccine. Ah, doing shit, my due dog. diligence, integrating with society at a proper fundamental level. Hey, oh, good whatever, job. whatever, whatever they say. Uh, you guys have made it through another week in this crazy, curvy world, and we're here to reward you uh, with a great episode. It is, of course. The last episode of the month, and as always, we've completed not only another however long it takes to get around uh, in space in a week, but uh, another rotation of our own, which is we've all gone uh, and done our episodes for the month. And mm-hmm. what a month we had. We did the May the 4th special. We talked about uh, sarcasm. We talked about a bunch of other stuff. We mm-hmm. talked about anime, which is like your favorite thing, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, we we have uh, what we like to say in the industry is we're all spent. So we we call forth onto our community for our last episode of the month. And we find a guest host to come on and take the burden off of our shoulders, if you will. And uh, this this week, we're doing the same, of course. But uh, I'd like to say that at this point, the guest that we're bringing on is just the the fourth member of our podcast the the fourth host i think by four episodes you've received tenure um yeah so let's welcome once again for the fourth time on our show a fan favorite it is mr nick wolf welcome Woo! yeah oh i'm back thank you uh, he's the, back bitches thank you for the warm welcome what's up? i appreciate it all of the what's up how's it feel about tenure you said yeah you got, you got yeah, those uh, yeah, patches you're, on, your, you're, on your sweatshirt? You're tenured. Congratulations. Yeah, you're yeah now. I got uh, those patches. The, mm-hmm. Some people have those jackets, like the suede, you know, sort of like jackets, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have those patches. I think that's what you're alluding to. It's, it's um, tenure patches. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Is that really what they are, or is that what you're saying? No, I made that up. Okay. <laughs> it's I was like, it's an ongoing know. bit in our in our show that if you wear a tweed jacket and you have the patches, that you must have earned them. Yes. How often Earn does that stripes. come up? I, I gotta know. At least twice now. Yeah. Once or okay. twice. Often, you know. often so with guests that come on. Yes. It's a callback. Mm-hmm. It's a callback. So, Don't worry about it. Anyway, what are we talking about today? It's, it's canon. It's canon. What are we talking about today? Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were just going to throw it over to me so quickly. Um, yeah. He's been big on the cold opens lately. I don't know if Alex. I'm okay with it. <laughs> well... I, I guess if you're just going to throw it over to me, uh, I reached out to you, Alex, um, and yeah. said, hey, I As need... As you so often do. I love it. <laughs> I I was like, dude, I need I need to talk about this game uh, and yeah. this, I guess, this series. And so I was like, get me on the podcast. I don't care when it is. And um, we're going to do it. So... 
I don't know how many of you guys are aware of this game and or have played it, but to not beat around the bush, I want to talk today about The Last of Us. Hell yeah. Um, mm -hmm. More specifically, The Last of Us Part 2. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say the reason why we're talking about it now is uh, there's a special reason I'm sure you're going to get into. But what I want to talk about is you haven't actually played it yet because you're not a PlayStation guy. You're not a PlayStation guy. Naturally, that is. She yeah, like yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Na naturally. Yes. That I did kind of want to. That's kind of where I wanted to start. Um, but I also before um, before I get into that, can I just pull the room real quick? How many of you mm -hmm. guys have? either played both the games or are at least aware of the content of the games. Well, I guess we'll go around the horn here. Oh, to whomever uh, wants well, to start. <laughs> well, I played the, the first game um, uh -huh. and I knew about the sequel. There was a lot of flack around it for no apparent reason. Um, I have not played the sequel yet, but I'm a big fan of like the first game because I thought it was excellent. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the few games I'd rate probably nine out of 10. It's pretty close to perfect in my opinion. So, um, please feel free to spoil me in any way. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, cause I want to know what happens. That's good to know yeah. because we might go somewhere later in this podcast. <laughs> okay. We're not so, uh, I'm going to go ahead and premise by saying you can go ahead and spoil me all you want. Um, but the, the closest I've got to playing it was at your behest, Nick, you told me, Hey, go play this game. And, uh, I still plan on doing it, but at the time <laughs> I was wrapped up in other projects, so I have yet to play uh -huh. it yet. Um, <laughs> I am a pretty big fan of, uh, Critical Role, which is a D and D podcast. And a lot of the voice actors off of Critical Role have pretty, uh, prominent parts in the last of us games. Mm -hmm. So I'm aware of it. Uh, to about that extent. Wow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the cast members on Critical Role, Ashley Johnson, plays Ellie. Yeah. Oh, Ashley Johnson. Okay. Oh, I'm looking yeah. at it now. Yeah. yeah. Ashley Johnson, Laura Bailey. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, Always a big deal in these games. Yeah. And so for me, like, I have played about six hours of the first game. Uh, and then I think I just got distracted by other games that I bought at the same mm -hmm. time and never went back and finished it. But I have since seen like the story of both that and the second game. So um, I know what happened. So don't you're not going to spoil me. <laughs> OK, so it's fair cool. to say this is a topic that the three of us would not be able to cover on our own. So we're glad that we brought you on to do mm -hmm. so. Yes, <laughs> I can and, reach and in the back of the fridge. <laughs> what those memories i don't know this is a a, a, a varied um panel of people that we have here from varying degrees of having played it to being aware and like wanting to play it so this will be very interesting i appreciate that there's an openness to discuss this on this forum uh very openly uh when mm -hmm. i was thinking about how i kind of wanted to structure today's episode as far as the discussion is concerned um one of the things that I do want to get into is talking about fan expectations as well as the leaks that happened with this game. 
Um, and yeah. in that, I only want to cover two of the leaks slash spoilers uh, in detail in this episode, um, because those are two leaks slash spoilers that I was aware of going into this game. So I feel like mm-hmm. to kind of not only delve into that whole topic of, you know, handling fan expectations and um, approaching this game from the perspective of already knowing uh, the leaks and stuff and kind of talking about that controversy, it it kind of helps to discuss that because it informed how I viewed this game uh, going into okay. it. So mm-hmm. uh, to- so let's go ahead and say this is our this is our spoiler warning for those of you who want to play Last of Us uh, completely spoiler free. We have like 60 something other episodes you can go check out in the meantime and then come back to this one once you played the game if you don't want to be spoiled because there are going to be spoilers in this episode. And just so you know, Nick, we do now have a fact checker. Uh, so if at any point there's something that you need Googled, you can just mention like, hey, fact checker, will you Google that for us? And we'll continue the conversation <laughs> and eventually she'll butt in and give us the answer to what we're looking for. So that's a new thing on the podcast that maybe you're not aware of. I like uh, that feature. So feel free to to use that if need be. I yes. appreciate that. Or if you want to treat her like a like an actual human being, you can use her name, Chloe. <laughs> yes. No, fact yeah, checker. Well. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> she just descends from the rafters. Uh, no, but just uh. before we get into this, um, I do want to I, I want to talk about this broadly for people that haven't played the game just so that mm-hmm. the, the the first half of this episode will be like hey man you really need to get into this game and then the second half for will sure. be like all right the gloves are off i want to talk about this in detail so okay for the so first yeah you half, just call it out then yeah yeah for the first half it'll be fairly spoiler free aside from maybe the first game so if you haven't played the mm. first game sweet um you're a number of years behind so Whatever. Like seven um, hey, you were a number of years behind. I was. On, I, I was a number of years behind. So I guess I should set the uh, dining room table here by saying that I traditionally am an Xbox player. It actually wasn't until Alex helped me procure a PlayStation 5 that I started to work back on the catalog of Sony exclusives mm-hmm. that I never got the chance to play. You know, whether it was Uncharted, God of War, uh, Last of Us specifically. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very eager to get into these games. Um, so I played last of us remastered, um, as well as its corresponding DLC left behind prior, obviously to playing last of us part two. And this may be controversial to some diehard last of us fans, but I wasn't overtly smitten by the first game. Uh, I liked the gameplay. I thought it was a technical marvel, even, you know, in its age, it still kind of holds up pretty well. The voice Mm -hmm. acting, the performances, the story, the story I found to actually be a little meat and potatoes, uh, wasn't as, you know, exciting or groundbreaking as I maybe was led to believe. And I fact checker, Chloe, uh, I believe the game came out in 2013. If I'm not mistaken, I have no idea if I'm right on that. But Sounds um, about right. please, that's when I shine played it, it the first time. Is is yeah. that correct? Okay, I'm not um, going to say it's correct. I'm going to leave that to the the powers that be. But I remember playing it because I got the PlayStation Four in 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's when it came out. Uh, but that's when I first played the game, and it was it was a great experience. So when you said it was uh, you weren't overtly smitten, I just think that you've been you've been led to believe something that wasn't um, necessarily evident within the games. Like the problem is I think a lot of people got to you before 
maybe I did, or maybe the game did. And they were like, oh, this is the best game ever. Oh, you got to go see yeah. this. And then you played it mm-hmm. and it was kind of a letdown. So I think expectations yeah. in reality kind of like didn't yeah. line up like for your, you. But your viewpoint um, may be, uh, maybe a byproduct of the amount of hype that you received yes. on it. Yes. Might yeah. be ready to yeah, see if she comes. Oh, okay. Let's get in here. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh. oh. Is she coming? Oh. She did sign language because she's been studying sign language recently, but uh, I haven't, so I don't know exactly what she <laughs> was saying. So 2012, 2013. There it is. Hi. First of all. Oh, hey. What's hey. Up? Too bad we can't hear <laughs> There yeah, dude, there's a, there's a whole thing. Chloe, <laughs> <laughs> okay. your mic? Okay, yeah, yeah, there yeah, you are. I'm good. Uh, all right. First of all, it wasn't sign language. It was just numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just numbers. I was just confirming, yes, the game came out in 2013. You did it. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right. Okay, so you had Any other right. Wikipedia facts you want me to get out of the way? Because Yeah, let's hear. Do you have some I'm more fun for. facts just for the fun of it? <laughs> we only want fun facts, not the not the not so fun facts. Uh well, I did ask about Wikipedia facts, not fun facts. Mm. So oh, that's Wikipedia gonna take, we'll take time. We'll take whatever you'll give us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia is fun, you guys, okay? No, I think that I think that answers my question though, as far as the the year when it came out. So that what dates it? What eight years ago? If I'm not mistaken. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jeez, I'm old. Okay. So it's just shy. Is that right? That's right. And it it originally (laughs) came out for the PlayStation Three, right? Yeah. Yep. Then they remastered it for PS4, and that was free. And now there's Sweet. talk of from Naughty Dog. I don't know if it's from Naughty Dog directly, but there's uh, recently, as of in the past month, there's discussions of a remake of the original game. So, oh dang, already uh, a remake of a they, remake. Yeah, well, uh, sh- sure, a remake of it's a remaster weird. of an yeah. original game. I don't, mm. I don't know what, what they would so, do if they would gender swap it, if they would make different ethnicity, if it, if it would not be Troy Baker voicing Joel, if Joel would to. be called Jake now, or I, I don't know what don't know. and why. I, I don't give that, I guess, rumor any sort of water because it just doesn't make sense. And it also doesn't sound like something Naughty Dog would do when... Why would they uh, change out the voice actor or the name of the character? Because, I mean, they've already you remastered have, it. So yeah. what are you going to do? Remaster it again? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want yeah. to upscale it for PlayStation 5, but like I they're see. talking yeah, about just, it as like a remake, though. Well, I mean, considering... So today, so literally today, uh, Naughty Dog released a PS5 performance update for The Last of Us mm-hmm. Part Two, And so it doesn't... If they can do that for The Last of Us Part Two, I don't see why they couldn't like go back and add a new patch for the last of us to make it like ps5 compatible as well man yeah specifically this this like generation of consoles like completely ruined games being released around the time because i've heard nothing but like bad shit about games that were released for next gen consoles so far yeah they're just like oh it didn't stack up to expectation Oh, it wasn't as good as they said it was going to be. It's like you mean like next gen titles like ps5 exclusives or things like that or just games that were released or like meant to be released for the PS5 and mm-hmm. then came out on the PS4 because of certain timing mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to be at least in the perspective of PlayStation, the two biggest ones, one that just dropped Returnal and then mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank uh 
whatever a, a rift through time or whatever which is coming out mm-hmm. in june mm-hmm. those are two hardcore like playstation 5 sony exclusive built for that mm-hmm. engine titles and so far it seems returnal has been hitting the mark as far as like really leveraging the capabilities of that console um and it seems that ratchet and clank will be also um hitting that benchmark as well so i think we're it's kind of a slow ramp up because we're still in this like adjustment phase of like carrying over i mean they they're right. already talking about grand theft auto 5 port for playstation 5 and series x so it's like <laughs> what <out>. the hell <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, on, they'll keep making what, money though part of part of they it are. is also <laughs> the fact that we're at like a very awkward uh artificial like scarcity like side of like there just aren't enough people with playstation 5s true to be yep. making yeah. games only for playstation 5 we went on a little side quest to get Nick a PlayStation 5 just so that he could play <laughs> games like The Last of Us. Yeah, it took a like PS4. months. It was a month long journey to get him a PS5. Jeez, and you know crazy. what? I'm super, I'm super glad that happened because I mean, I'm juggling a ton of games. Like I currently on my uh, on my list of games that I'm playing, I've I think I'm in progress of five different games right now, mm. with seven on deck that I have Jeez. downloaded and or purchased that I'm like waiting to get into. So it's and it, PlayStation added a lot to that plate for me because there's so many titles that I have yet to catch up on. And so, like I said, with the last of us, you're right. I think some of the hype. And then I think also just my years of playing other games. When I jumped into this one, I was kind of like, all right, you know, I've, I've kind of been around the block from 2013 till now. I think I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of different things. So I wasn't necessarily as wowed by it. And I didn't have this, the same affinity that a lot of the fans do that held onto these characters. I definitely, I definitely really related to the characters and I enjoyed the journey between Joel and Ellie uh, as they're traversing across America. If you don't know, basically, Last of Us, you know, this pandemic thing happens, you know, these these uh, this virus gets out, turning people into these mutated monsters called clickers. And, you know, flash forward, um, Joel runs into Ellie, young girl, and he has to take her to this um, group of survivors they're like this faction they're called the fireflies and they're trying to basically restore uh, civilization and what we find out with ellie what makes her special as as this package that needs to be delivered across country is that she is actually immune to the disease she was bitten by a clicker um, which you you explore that first interaction in the left behind dlc um, that kind of further like explores when she got bit and and what kind of led into that moment Mm-hmm. So tra- travels across country or whatever, then they get to the Firefly uh, base and little backstory a bit here. Joel, at the beginning of the game, he's with his daughter, Sarah, and it's basically ground zero of when this pandemic and this virus and all these clickers start to go uh, crazy. And during the all the hubbub of trying to evacuate the city and Ghana and, and seek uh, a safe haven, uh, an unfortunate tragedy befalls uh, Joel and his daughter, Sarah, and Sarah is murdered um, by, uh, I guess, the military, basically. Um, and then yeah. it propels us years. Get things under control and it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. a thing. It's a whole like, thing. It's, it's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very upsetting. <laughs> and 
it it informs the character that Joel is when we pick up the game is that he is a broken man. He's he's doesn't have that fatherly love and that um, tenderness that he once had uh, because it was stripped away from him and he had he was powerless in that situation. Um, and slowly over the course of the game, you see him start to soften up to Ellie because he didn't want to get attached to Ellie because Ellie to him is basically his daughter again for all intents and purposes. And he's like, I know how this ends and I'm not, I cannot allow this to happen. But, you know, as the story goes, you know, he, he travels cross country with her and he, they, they bond in that father daughter way and spoilers for the end of uh last of us um they make it to the firefly hospital in I think it's, boston it's boston okay thank you if i remember correctly yeah let's go with boston i, I have seattle on the mind because that's where like the bulk of last of us part two takes place um mm. so it's boston, one of those two cities it's one it's a city in america you you understand there's cities <laughs> by a coast um, <laughs> so they get there everything's all hunky-dory and stuff but turns out um that to e- extract what makes Ellie immune to hopefully produce a vaccine to stop this and, and cure people, it would kill her. Um, she oh, is man. on the hospital bed. She has no idea about any of this. And you're told this. And basically you end the game, basically shooting up the entire hospital of all the fireflies that are trying to extract whatever is making her immune in order to create a vaccine. But you're like, no, she, I will not let her die in order to create it potentially, right? Because we, we don't know if it would have been successful um, to potentially create this vaccine. And then there's also this also side uh, uh, story that could occur is that and we see this evidence not only in media, but also just in, in geopolitics and just with the world in general, is that if one society or one sect or one group has leverage over another, it could, you know, in human nature, it could be used um, to basically overpower people. So if the fireflies were able to basically procure a vaccine from Ellie, they could have used it as leverage to almost assume dominance over other sects throughout America, but maybe even the world. So that's just a, a, a not, not that they would, but you know, when, when people get too much power, sometimes they corrupt that power, whether it's technology, whether it's money, you know, it's just human nature, you know? So that's an interesting perspective to think about that. Like, even if they were able to create a vaccine, would they have used it for good? Maybe, maybe not, but quick, quick question. Yeah. For you, for you, Nick, have you ever played bloodborne before? Is that on your list? <laughs> I downloaded it. Cause I think it's free for PlayStation plus members. I played about five minutes of it and quickly realized it's not my thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause the, that entire ideology of like a one subsection of a culture or one group having power over others due to some mystical means or like medicinal means, like that is the entirety of the first like six hours of Bloodborne. <laughs> so it's just really funny Maybe. that that fell right back into, uh, like what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a Dark Souls type of game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and I can't, I can't do that. It's bad for my blood pressure. It's one of my favorite <laughs> games of all time. I have put in over a thousand hours into Bloodborne. Yeah. You're a strong. I'm a masochist. <laughs> so the ending of the game... Again, these are these are just my opinions. I'm not a resident expert in Last of Us or whatever. I'm, I'm, I will... 
I will say that I'm a new fan, you know, because I, I literally just finished these games recently. So like I'm really new into this, but I'm super on board with it. So the ending, you murder the doctors, basically you you to save Ellie because they're not going to let you just take her away. Um, and there was there was often discussion about whether or not you would have a choice in the matter of like whether or not Joel kills the doctors to do this. But uh, director Neil Druckmann has specifically stated that there was no option here, like the the player could not just set the controller down and decide not to do it. The, the narrative was always going to be that he was going to go in there, kill these people and rescue Ellie. And when you and when the when the game initially ended, people were really uh, gobsmacked by the ending. And it's still touted as like one of the best game endings ever because it flashes forward after the fact they're driving away from the hospital. Ellie wakes up and she's like, what happened? And he basically was like, there's no cure. Like they basically can't do anything with you. So like. We're going to go home. Sorry. And that's a lie. You can't be lying to your daughters. It's a lie. She asks him point blank. She's like, would I have been able to help or whatever? And he's basically like, no. And then basically the game cuts to black. So you as a player are left with this decision of how, how do you rest in the decision of what Joel made? How do you feel consciously about the decision that he made as far as not only lying to Ellie about her immunity and the fact that she would have been able to potentially help create a vaccine, but Joel murdering all those people to save her. And, and, and I, I would think personally, like when it was going down and I knew where this was headed, I was all for it. I was like, we have to do this. I got to get her out of here. She, I, I need to save her. And I, I also put it from the perspective of if I was Joel mirroring what happened at the beginning of the game with his daughter, Sarah, here you are in the Firefly hospital and effectively your, your daughter, Ellie is there. And unlike the initial situation that propelled the beginning of the game, Joel has a recourse that he could do. He could intervene in this manner. Whereas in the first one, he was powerless in many, in many respects and it caught him off guard. Whereas he has the hindsight of the tragedy that he experienced with his initial daughter, Sarah. And when you look at where he was at the end of this game, no other decision could have been made. Like he was, he's like, I have a chance to actually, continue on living with my daughter. Basically I can see her grow up. I can love her. I can, we can be together and I, it will not let anyone get in my way. Some people could say that's selfish. Some people could say that that's evil or whatever, but I think it's just, I think it's, I think it's really human. I think it's complicated. I, I really respect that, that the game also ends that the, 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 the writers don't presume to, make a stance on how you as a gamer should feel about the decision that Joel made. It, it rests in this uneasy murkiness of was that good? Was that bad? And I think that the game is all the better for it. Um, so that's a, sorry, that's a brief, I guess, encapsulation of the first game. What I really want to delve into is all the second game, of course, but do, do mm-hmm. any of you guys have any thoughts or questions before we segue getting into more specifically part two? Um, yeah. Yeah, I want it's one of the really interesting parts about video games to me is that like whenever there is like a very hard and difficult decision, like people complain that like they were like forced to do something they didn't want to do like uh, in the, <laughs> yeah, like, they like, will in the end. I don't know. <laughs> like in this case, I know there were a lot of people that like were really upset with like Joel and like his mm-hmm. character uh, and making them like kill an entire hospital of people. Uh, for something that could save the world. 
when in all actuality, like it's a video game, there's always the option to stop playing. That is the option mm-hmm. that is presented by the game developers on purpose. Um, like in this case, it's like you don't have to shoot up an entire hospital. It is completely your choice to let the story stand where it's at and you drop it and not touch it again. Yeah, but then you can't say you beat the game at that point. Right. I mean, and let's be honest. Uh, the way that they ended it, at least a little bit, was sequel bait for sure. I don't want to say it was sequel bait because I didn't I didn't get done with the game because I'm the only one that actually played it um no I'm kidding (laughs) because I I was playing it and I was you know it felt really great to shoot up the hospital I know that sounds bad (laughs) Jesus Christ man it did it felt great we can't take you anywhere (laughs) but here's why because this entire game is stealth based right and then you get to walk into this hospital like there's a clear end goal and the only way to get there is just go in there guns blazing and be as loud as you want. And that's what we felt get, good about it. If we get one fan who has any editing knowledge at all and they make a super <laughs> cut of the fucked up shit you've said out of context. <laughs> that, it'd, be more than, it'd be more than five minutes. Day, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. But here's I mean, I already explained it felt really great just to be loud as hell. And whenever you explain yourself, you're fine. Yes, it's exactly. like. It's, in it's the moment, the very thing. first, the very first thing you say is always just like, "Here we go." <laughs> I do that on purpose. It, Here it goes, Grandpa, ruining closer. Thanksgiving again. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, as far as my initial thoughts on being the game in the first place, it was like, I don't know how I felt back then because it was. It certainly doesn't fit sit well with me now. Now that you're explaining it, but I was just like, "Oh, that's the end of the game." Okay. You know, he lied to his quote-unquote daughter, and that was the end of that. Um, like you said, it was just an uneasy feeling. But I was like, Joel could have told the truth, but at the same time, how would Ellie feel about this? And should she get a say in it? Um, I think she should have. Um, as far as the writing goes, I mean, I, th- I felt it ended very well. Like you said, it was it was sequel bait <laughs> in a way because the writers were setting it up and I was like, all right, when's Last of Us 2 coming out? I'm ready for it. <laughs> and that was an aggressive way of saying it. Maybe sequel bait was a little aggressive, but yes. it was kind of like, hey, don't you want another one? I'd love it's another like, one. Yeah, of course, of course <laughs> I want another one. I will Let's say <laughs> that I, I mean, a lot of people after the fact, I've, you know, I've listened to a lot of different uh, game journalists and, you know, people that are into this kind of stuff and they're always like you know when the first last of us ended i never thought that like i needed another one right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people were like if you asked me <laughs> yeah. about like hey should there be another one they were like eh, probably not but okay um and i i will say now uh i definitely think that having beaten both the first one definitely leaves it more open to be like what than the second one does now the second one i definitely there's definitely like i want to know more about this character like this can't be the end for this character i need to see this like fully resolve but it wasn't so much like a sort of like a mic drop that the first one mm. kind of feels like um, yeah it wasn't a hundred percent cliffhanger i'll say that much because like that's a full story that's a full arc for me first mm-hmm. game it could have been cut Cut and dry right there. First game is fine. But did I want a second one? Absolutely. <laughs> Who doesn't want to play more of like their favorite game? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. 
And that's uh, that's where we're going to get here coming into the sequel. Um, a couple quick uh, notes just in the, in the world of Last of Us as we transition into part two. Um, for one, apparently an outline has been written for part three. Uh, there is no immediate plans to progress any further right now. Neil Druckmann has just mentioned out in the public saying, hey, yeah, we have an outline, a rough outline of where we think Last of Us Part 3 could go. Um, but these, these games take a long time to make. Uh, Last of Us Part 2 is huge. I think if I uh, pulled up the right um, you know, uh, websites here correctly, the first Last of Us game is the main story is approximately 15 and a half hours long. Whereas Part 2 is, I believe, it's about 24 hours. So there's about nine Jeez. hours additional. My playthrough, I... It was a game that I immediately started to fall in love with. So I beat it over the course of a number of weeks. I would play it off and on and I would stop and just savor it and just be like, I'll pick this up later and then jump back in because I really didn't want to rush it. But my total playtime is about 30 hours is how long it took me to beat the game entirely. Um, I am already... I last night just started my second playthrough on a harder difficulty to go get all the collectibles. And now with that performance update, I can, I, I just, I downloaded it and I tested it out and that 60 FPS, like locked frame rate is silky smooth. It's oh, yeah. beautiful. And I cannot wait to, I'm even more excited to play through it now. And they mentioned that they are still unlocking more capabilities with PlayStation five. So expect more updates in the future. Um, Days of play sale with PlayStation. So if you're listening to this now, um, I just want to mention this because this is a great incentive. Uh, If you have PlayStation, the days of play sale starts May 26th. So Last of Us Part 2 is included in that sale. So if you have not yet played the game and you are interested in playing it, May 26th is when the sale starts. So you can get the game at a discounted rate. I highly recommend you take advantage of that. It's worth the $60 retail price. But if you're kind of trepidatious, uh, this would be an excellent opportunity for you guys to take advantage of it because it's an amazing game. Last thing. the HBO show. So this has been a long sort of gestating rumor discussion of a Last of Us HBO show. It has officially been greenlit. Um, episodes have been written. Uh, they have casted Pedro Pascal as uh, Joel and nice. uh, Bella Ramsey, who plays Lady Mormont in Game of Thrones as Ellie. Now, I don't think she looks anything like Ellie, and I don't think Pedro <laughs> Pascal looks anything like Joel. That is neither here nor there. It's whatever. Um, It is, I believe they start production this July. Um, uh, IMDb has it slated for six episodes, but that's IMDb. So who knows? And the writers and, you know, Neil Druckmann have mentioned that the HBO series will deviate from the game in many ways. Um, I think that that and a lot of people were like, good, you should leave out part two. It's like, no, they're they're strictly talking about part one of the game. I I, I really hmm. just think that that's them saying, hey, we're going to take time through the uh, freedom of television to explore things in a more detailed manner and really get down to who these characters are, who the Fireflies are, these different factions and this world um, with the clickers and things like that. So that's where I think that they're going to uh, divulge a lot of different um, stories and detail in. But um, that is super exciting. Did, did you guys know anything about that at all? No, not at all. It's news to me. News yeah, team. no idea. Awesome. So, Pedro Pascal, he plays in the Mandalorian, right? He is, he the, is Mandalorian. the titular Mandalorian. 
Hey, I'm seeing Have some. Have they showed uh, his face yet? They still hide. Yeah, him no, there, he right? showed at the end of season one. Yeah. Oh, and in season two. I got a lot of catching up to do. L- little spoilers there. Sorry. But <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing some, uh, some, what do you call those? <laughs> There's some crossovers between uh, the uh, the Mandalorian and The Last of Us because think about it. Joel is trying to get a package to mm. Boston and the Mandalorian is trying to get a baby Yoda. Ellie's to baby the Yoda. Yeah. Aww. They were like, well, that's we got guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it. I think we solved it. I think we figured out the last Mystery of us. We, we unlocked what it is at its core. <laughs> it's just the Mandalorian. How freaked out would you be if your like, TV popped on and there was just like a hidden trophy that you got that was just like figured it out? <laughs> My technology is listening to me. Always on. I'm not a fan of that. (laughs) Big Brother's watching. Got that microchip, boy. (laughs) So this brings us to the game. Last of Us Part 2, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, he's got it in his hands. How about that? I got it in my bloody hands. I'm holding it. (laughs) He needed it for his social media post that he did today. Oh, don't call it I'll out. Let plugs. it be. That <laughs> uh, was nice. We, hey, we, if you want to follow him, it. he's at... <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> don't follow no. me. Um, yeah, dude. Like I said, this is... Um, I, I would say it's at least maybe double the length of the first game. And I've heard some people say that it, that kind of is a detractor. Some people love it. I love it. I, I really do. I, I personally Never haven't detractor. played it. I don't think that there's a moment wasted in the game. I think it uses all its real estate very, very well. Um, not going to get into the uh, spoilers yet. I'm kind of going to tee up my uh, feelings about the game real quick, and then we'll get into that as well as fan expectations and all that, because it's a huge hot button topic. And it, mm-hmm. it um, unfortunately uh, caused this big, dark gray cloud over the release of this game because the leaks came out like, april 2020 and the game was um slated for release of june so we're actually almost on the one year anniversary coming up here soon mm-hmm. and it it was a dark cloud that permeated the release and a lot of people were online bitching and moaning about it canceling pre-orders <laughs> ca- like saying that naughty dog is the worst thing in the world and all this other stuff and we'll get to that but this. they make crash bandicoot what the hell <laughs> so love love crash. Crash. <laughs> i love the jack and daxter what about Jack and Dexter? What's up? What's up? What about Jake and Dexter? <laughs> <laughs> Jake and Dexter. Hey, for those of you just tuning in, welcome to the podcast. This is pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, just we're banter. exclusively talking about Jack and Dexter. That's the entire podcast. <laughs> Don't tempt me. I will. <laughs> but this game um, is. <laughs> Look, I'm again, I'm super late to this stuff and um, I haven't played a ton of other PlayStation games. So maybe other games would probably match more to this. And I'm sure um, this is not the conventional thing to say as a fan. The critics adored this game, like pretty much for the most part uh, on Metacritic and other you know gaming networks. A lot of critics have given this nothing but glowing sterling reviews it's it's generally when you get to the fans much like last jedi that things start to get dicey um <laughs> but this game to me is 100 a masterpiece i have not played a game that has been not only this beautiful like this is a stunning stunning game and for a playstation 4 like damn like it, it was pushing it hard like this thing is outstanding but the gunplay 
is impeccable. It's so fluid. It, it feels so good in your hands when you're shooting. The sound design, the score is incredible. The every time you shoot a gun, you feel it like in your soul, like in your stomach, like it scares you sometimes. I'm, I'm like playing it with my headphones on lights are down. You're, you're crouching, you're, you're tense. Someone sees you and you shoot that gun and it rings in your ear and you feel the impact and you're like, oh shit, shit, I gotta move, I gotta move. It's <laughs> super tense. The stealth is ratcheted up to 11. It takes everything that you love about the first game and just amps it up uh, as far as, you know, the AI is super improved. Uh, the clickers, there's different uh, versions of the clickers. So it creates a different level of intensity because you're facing things that you've never faced before. Uh, like I said, the enemy uh, AI... There's different factions that you come across in the game. Uh, there's the WLF. Uh, they are this almost like a Firefly adjacent. Uh, so they are an enemy type that you'll have to deal with as well as this. The World this. Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, you would need another a, a W in that, wouldn't you? They can make the acronym work. Trust me. <laughs> I'm sure they could, but they don't. <laughs> I actually don't know what I'm it stands sorry. for. They call themselves wolves or something like that. The World Loof. Um, hey, that's you. Yeah, so I, I, I identify as them. Um, and then there is yeah. there's this group called Rattlers, and then there's this bigger group that you'll come into contact with called the Seraphites or Scars, and they are this weird religious uh, cult in a way. And the unique thing about these guys, and it's super scary, and it pissed me off because I freaking hate them, they communicate through whistles. So like if you're crouching Ooh. in the grass or whatever you hear, I can't really whistle, but they're like, they'll like do a whistle thing and you're like, oh shit. And then like, there's different pitches of their whistles that, that tr um, translate to different commands and different like, hey, we're going to go over here and look. And it's super tense and they're very frustrating. I can't tell you how many times I've like gone into a, 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 an, an encounter with them trying to stealth. And they're doing their whistling and bullshit or whatever. And then one of them sees me and I'm like, you know what? Fine. Guns ablaze. I'm like, keep whistling, motherfucker. See what happens. And I'm like going after I them and shooting moments. them one by one. I, yeah. I I try stealth, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna throw um, I'm gonna throw an axe into their face and destroy them. That's mm -hmm. another thing. Dude, the violence in this game, they don't skimp on the violence and they present it in a way that feels very authentic and realistic. Um there are many times when I will run up on someone and I'll have like a machete and you'll just like slice it into there and you'll hear them choking on their own blood and you're like bringing them down Ooh. and they're like, shh, shh, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And they're like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh shit. And you'll back up away from it and their companions, the enemy's companions, they'll be like, oh my gosh, they killed Leah. And then they, they like communicate with one another and they like, they feel for their fallen brethren and stuff. Ooh, and that makes me feel oh, man. That's kind of awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, how dare you make me feel things about killing? This is supposed to be an FPS game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you, sometimes you feel, sometimes you don't. You mainly feel personally. Well, actually, also they what they bring new to the table in this game is dogs. So they'll have attack dogs too, which they can no, smell where you are. I hate this. I'm telling you right now. The shotgun. The shotgun is the most powerful gun I've ever used in that game because I'll run up on someone, <laughs> turn a corner, pop them, their head explodes. Like literally, you can see their head just shoot in a million pieces, and <laughs> blood will shoot up out of their neck, and they'll fall over limp. Same That's thing happens brutal. with the dog. Oy, oy, so oy. In case you wanted to know what happens oh. if you shoot a dog point blank, yeah, you'll you'll see it real quick. Well, and to make it <laughs> to make it even worse, at like because you switch perspectives in the game of like which character from like one part of the playthrough you're playing through and you see people interacting with the dog, like playing around with it, and it's being a good boy. Mm -hmm. 
calling it by its name and everything. <laughs> no. Then you switch to the other character where you're running through, you kill the dog and you hear the people yell out the dog's name yep. in pain. And it's like, Oh mm-hmm. no. Do, is there like a choice to not kill the dog or like, I mean, there's a choice in the sense that you can <laughs> stealth your yoy. way through it. So if you can stealth your way through it, you don't have to kill all but one dog in the game. <laughs> There's one dog that will die no matter what. Um, yeah, that's so, one of the most tense moments in the game is like the this, the transition from being a stealthy boy to being a, a Rambo type. Because yeah. sometimes you do have to do that. Like when you, let me explain what clickers are real quick because I don't, I don't think Please. you guys are quite in on that. Fully but basically, this. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can see them if you play the game. But basically they're, they used to be humans. I think this is like stage two of the, uh, the fungal infection mm-hmm. that is, you know, viral at this point um and the fungus grows all around their face so it's just growing out of body parts it's really disgusting and they can no longer vocalize they vocalize through clicks so you see these things are they're kind of you know doing their zombie thing and walking around and all you hear is like this i can't do it they click basically and when they see you that's it it's game over because they'll, they'll fuck you up um but it's it's those moments in the game that just kind of stick out to me because yeah it's a stealth game, but at the same time it's going to be it can go from from zero to Rambo real quick <laughs> in the blink of an eye. So you gotta have, you gotta have to be tense. One of the scariest things too is the fungus that uh, yep. that they use that like infect the clickers based off a real thing that infects yep. ants. Cordyceps, cordyceps fungus. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that of was that. some very fun information that I learned. <laughs> <laughs> you seen those ants? Yes. That's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Like they had the like, so, little fungus stalk sticking out and they're like, <laughs> it's some chills a little, down my spine. Uh, a little side story. I have a pastime that I have not shared on the podcast, but there is a corner of eBay market that's just like it's they title it everything else. So like there's the automotives, the like the like uh the like entertainment and like electronics section, but then there's a segment of it that's just like everything else and they have three sub columns (laughs) yeah yeah this is the beyond and i mean it's exactly like that there are three smaller sections under it where it's like mildly weird a like very strange and then like terrible awful things and it's all like categorized in that i spent some time on that this week and somebody was selling a sample of that exact fungus that you guys are talking about and they're like it's a sample of it feed it to your ant farm and see what happens and it's they like die <laughs> uh humans are fine though let that thing in my house please mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna fuck with humans because we're weird. too complex but ants it'll it'll take them by storm yeah you're gonna have quicker ants though? have fun <laughs> do we know if it will Is it affect strictly humans? yes Okay. Yeah, they work with. What if you got enough of it though? Screw those ants then. And you like (laughs) snorted it straight to the brain. That's one way to die, I guess. I mean, looking for creative ways to become a clicker. Dumb ways to die. (laughs) (laughs) Thousand and one ways to die. Yeah. So to to kind of give a brief overview, I kind of talked about a little bit more of the mechanics of the game um, and how Mm -hmm. it's it's basically everything about the first one, but punched up to a thousand. 
the game is gorgeous. Like I said, it's super detailed, beautiful. You kind of just get lost in it walking around. Um, but the story, I'm going to kind of tease a little bit about what the, I guess, broad overview and like the themes and the strokes of what this game is. And then we will probably quickly have to <laughs> segue into spoilers, um, which you guys both, all of you guys have consented to. Um, so we've consented. So have we will, we'll so delve into two, uh, two spoilers that I, that I knew going into it. So I, I fi- and, and it did not personally affect my gameplay. Now, I don't know if it would have, if I had not known this, if I would have a different opinion on the game, I would like to think I wouldn't because I think that the game does a very good job of justifying the decisions that it makes. Um, and also I just don't have a huge affinity for these characters from the first one. So maybe I'm just not as like attached to them. So when things happened, I wasn't like, how dare you? Um, like most people were. Uh, so, this picks up a number of years in the future. Ellie and Joel have settled in this town of Jackson. It is this huge sort of um, confined society. You know, they've got, you know, agricultural stuff going on. So they're growing their own foods and stuff. They have schools, they have, uh, you know, restaurants and stuff, you know, homes and stuff. Everyone's got their own responsibilities and duties. They have jobs to go out and scan the perimeter, um, make sure everything's good, eliminate clickers as they come across them. So they they run a tight ship and things are good. Um, Something happens in the game that launches Ellie into a quest um, to Seattle in search of someone that did her wrong. And Hmm. in broad strokes, the game is a story about revenge. It's a story about hate. It's a story about violence and how violence can be, uh, uh, what, s- circular, s- mm-hmm. s- you know, you know what I'm talking about. Cyclic, it's yeah. Cyclical. Cic- yeah, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Violence begets violence. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> which, I, I mean, you know, this isn't the first piece of media to tap into this subject and, and wrestle with these things. But I, I definitely think it presents it uh, in a way that is is unique, as we'll get into when we get to the spoilers. But I... I found myself deeply um, on this journey with Ellie and and felt like, yes, I'm, I'm on board with the decisions that you're making and I'm let's go do this thing. And then the game takes a shift in the halfway point and I'm like, oh, this will be good <laughs> and just cracks my fingers. I'm like, all right, let's see what you're going to do here. And as I was playing through the second half of the game, the things that Ellie did in the first half of the game, which this isn't like a choose your own adventure. So like some of this stuff is narratively written into the game that you have no, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I, I praise this game for the fact that as I was going on the journey with Ellie, I was like, let's go. Cool. I'm fine with this. Yeah. This is kind of, uh, we're kind of treading in some murky waters. Uh, Let's make sure that we remember priorities, why we're doing the thing we're doing. Let's not lose ourselves in our rage and our, our need for revenge and just, and, and justification and retaliation, um, justice, if you will. Uh, and you can, you see her as we go on this journey, you know, slightly questioning the decisions that she's making. She feels the pool of like, I want to, should I do this? And then, like I said, the game shifts. And as I'm going through the second half of the game, I'm confronted with the things that I did and I view it totally differently. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, uh, hmm. seemed like a good idea at first, but now I'm starting to understand that the things that I had done to certain people, I, you know, you think you know someone uh, and it really shifts the perspective there. And it really makes you think, 
does the ends justify the means? And was this journey, is it fulfilling? Is this need for revenge, will this fulfill Ellie? Will this replace the loss in her heart? And will this ultimately, if she goes on this journey and fulfills what she wants to do, will she come out of it better? And is this the right thing to do? Um, and you see how not only that affects her, but it affects the people around her, the people that she loves most, the relationships that she has and the losses that she occurs by going on this quest. Um, I think it's incredibly profound, deeply moving. Uh, there is a moment in the game where I, I genuinely wanted to put the controller down and be like, I don't want to do this. I, I like you people. Please stop fighting. I don't want this. You, you're both my, my children. Don't do this. Um, and I, applaud the game for saying no you have to you're gonna have to fight you're gonna have to do this thing um i thought that the way that that game ended was beautifully profound um upsetting but also it felt very on brand and it felt very true to the nature of the decisions that the characters made um i would love to see a third game i i I guess it doesn't need it but for me that there there is some character ties that i would like to see finalized um so i guess that's i without delving into spoilers that's i guess my huge overview of last of us part two um I, i'm going to turn it over to you guys to kind of ask any questions before we get into the last half of this conversation which will be definitely spoiler heavy but just before we get yeah. to that uh absolutely play this game it I think it, whether or not you've played the first one or not, or really love the first one and, and are kind of trepidatious about it based on the leaks and things that you've heard, you owe it to yourself to, to, to play through the game. That way you can be like, I definitely hate it because I actually played it and I understand what happened. Uh, I think the people, mm. and there's so much, I was watching as I was playing the game and after I finished it, I was watching a bunch of people's YouTube videos as they're reacting to the leaks and they're like, I'm not going to play this game. And they're like all <laughs> upset about it. And I'm like, you guys there's are just the, the whiniest pieces of shit ever. And I like, love it. Whiny little baby piss pants boys. <laughs> Having played the game, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you guys hate it. Honestly, uh, you no, guys. I'm glad you're not a part of this it. group. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you club. don't deserve to be here. No, and so. like those are also the same sort of people that take things like way too far. Like there were people mm. like going after the actual like voice actors. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I know yeah, that's that cool. happened. Like, you know, that's really cool. upsetting. Laura Bailey, who won awards for her portrayal of yes. Abby, one of the characters in the game. Um, she for like the first month after the game was released was getting like multiple death threats a day on like Twitter. She's like a mother who has like small children and like you can like watch her life because so much of it's on the Internet. Mm -hmm. It's like she didn't deserve it. No, and she's an absolute yeah. sweetheart, like legitimately yeah. seems mm -hmm. like one of the nicest people in the world. Huh? Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of shit. I don't like that about some fandoms that like there's this separation that needs to be understood that it's like i'm glad you enjoy my art but this is my art so well yeah i'm sorry that you feel like you own it to this extent but you don't and uh i don't i don't like that about yeah, certain fans. people people get parasitic over their own interpretations of a universe or characters or worlds to the point where if right. if something canon happens that even slightly diverts from what their expectations are what they envision it to be they just get so last jedi yep <laughs> star wars star wars fans there are a lot of people with. who who will watch this and be pretty upset but yeah that's very true yeah and i mean like star wars is pretty big on there's that. A, i want to say like there's also a distinction between like being upset that a, 
something that you enjoy takes like a bad turn. Like nobody will disagree with you in the case of like Game of Thrones. The last season was not mm-hmm. good and people are justifiably mm-hmm. yeah. upset about that. But there's a but I think even the creators were like, yeah, this wasn't the best way. Well, yeah. they stopped. Like, that's a whole nother conversation. But it's it's also a matter of like uh, the actual quality and what your expectations are. There are two very distinct differences between that. One of them is you're justifiably can get upset at the other. You cannot. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I to the to the thing about Game of Thrones and I'll, I'll also lump in Rise of Skywalker. Both of those things, to me personally, this is just my opinion, both Rise of Skywalker and the last season of Game of Thrones faltered and didn't meet fan expectations or just was just in general kind of a shit ending um, and shit end product because I believe that they were influenced and messed with by outside forces. Um, They were, whether it's, you know, the Rise of Skywalker, like trying to juggle what they set up with force awakens and then also how ryan johnson shook things up in last jedi which i love i love what he did and i, and I think that they should have just carried that baton and just went forward rise of skywalker is this morphed weird aborted thing that is like trying to do two different things and it fails at all of them and you know <laughs> the end of game of thrones was trying to condense basically like an entire like 13 episode season into like six episodes. And it just well, super was not happening. Well, they condensed um, basically like two, three seasons into like six episodes. Sure. Like, maybe I was being generous by saying, yeah, 13, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> and a lot of that comes down to like what Alex said. It was like, it was the writers and producers, like they're them being the outside force that was maligning it. And like, yeah. in this, like it was mm-hmm. for them. It was like, they were straight up just trying to leave and get out of it, but they yes. couldn't. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, that's, that's something too, where people like who are working on it will be like, this could have been better. This is complete shit. Yeah. This isn't what we wanted. And these are the several reasons why, like, I kind of feel like, doom might have that too just a little bit Mm -hmm. because like the director has openly been like this isn't the way i wanted it this isn't how i planned it like don't bother seeing it like for this that and the other reason and sometimes the piece of art struggles because of it sometimes it doesn't but sometimes it does i appreciate the honesty if anything else oh yeah i mean candid honesty and just being open with your audience and your fans is the best way to go about it and that's why I'm not saying that everyone has to like Last of Us, just like I'm not no. saying everyone needs to like The Last Jedi. But the thing that makes Last of Us Part 2 and Last Jedi different from Rise of Skywalker and the end of Game of Thrones is that to me, Last of Us Part 2 and Rise of Skywalker, not Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, are through and through the artist's full vision of the product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Front to back, Last Jedi, whether you like it, hate it, love it, whatever. That's Ryan Johnson's movie through and through for better or for worse, warts and all. And the same is with last of us part two, like Neil Druckmann and and team Haley gross. They, they all put their heart and soul into this and they wouldn't change a dime of it. Even with all Mm. the controversy that they got from it, they're like, no, we stick to it. This is the story we wanted to tell. These are the characters that we created that we love. And this is the direction we wanted to put them in. And they they have more love for these characters than any of us fans could ever imagine because they are the people that brought them to life. So not saying you have to like it. You're you're totally entitled to your opinion on it, Mm -hmm. but you can't you can't really criticize the decisions because it it is 100 percent the artist's vision and the artist's interpretation of the material and i that's why i think it's like it, it stands the test it will stand the test of time and i think that it, time will be kind to this game i think a lot of people will will come around to it 
and it is a singular vision in a lot of ways. So again, if you haven't played it yet, this is where we're about to transition, getting more into the whole fan sort of toxic nature of it and getting into the leaks. So this is, will be the point where you need to step off. I 100% think you should go play this game. Um, even if you stick around and listen to it, I still think that it's worth getting into. And everyone on this panel who we're talking to <laughs> as we're about to talk into this, I wherever we end this podcast, I still would love for you guys to play this game. And I I, I hope you guys oh, yeah. do. It's, it's a splendid game. So... Um, I'm all for it, except for the dog killing part. I'm going to skip that. Yeah, you can you can crawl around. You you don't you can avoid some of it. Uh, <laughs> let's let's dive in. Let's dive into um, some of the controversies here. Um, I'm only going to bring up two, like I said, because these are two that I knew about um, going into the game. Now there was there there. This is where it really gets into kind of like the toxic thing because I saw a lot of people kind of whether they were being blatantly homophobic or they were just being fanboy and just like being like i just this is not i didn't want this why is last of us being woke and stuff so ellie's a lesbian uh Mm -hmm. les Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of tapped into in the left behind dlc for the first game they kind of play in that arena and they kind of also i think tease it a bit in the first game a little bit that she might be a lesbian so it's nothing new basically not not really it's just like they're like oh she's gonna have a romantic uh partnership in this game and people were like i don't want mm-hmm. anything to do with that and it's like okay <laughs> great then don't i guess game. don't play the game <laughs> <See> I <don't, laughs> whatever um Jeez. there's that i was actually listening to a um youtube video from back in april when uh april 2020 when the leaks happened and they were talking about the character of abby and they were like oh, apparently she's like trans first off no she's not but also like even if she was even like, if she was she- Shut the fuck up. Like, like play the game. And if you don't like her because like, that, if you don't like her because she's a shit character, then cool. But if you're just like, I don't like her because she's trans. It's like, okay, well, I don't like Joel because he seems to be straight. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, come on. <laughs> two plus two here. equals come four. Come on. Let's just, let's get beyond that. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from those controversies, um, two of the big things, two of the big things came up. So the leaks came about and again, we're delving in spoilers. Here we go. Joel Here dies. Joel dies in the game. Oh, I already knew that. Um, so first off, people were like, I'm pissed. My favorite character, Joel. Why, why does he have to die? But it gets, it gets a little bit more. It gets a little crazier than that. So Joel dies at the hands of Abby played by Laura Bailey. Uh, people were like, I'm not a fan of that. Why is a, why, who is this no name girl? killing joel and stuff uh this buff husky she's got she's ripped in the game dude she's shredded um (laughs) and that kind of goes that kind of speaks to her character though that like she she was kind of like prepping herself like she was kind of like training and conditioning herself for this moment Mm -hmm. to happen to this interaction to to be with joel and since we're kind of going into the spoilers obviously her dad was was basically the doctor at the Firefly Hospital in the first game that you kill. Mm. Um, so that so she hates Joel because not only a did Joel prevent potentially a vaccine from being procured from Ellie, but Joel murders her dad. Um, yeah, and the whole game, like you said, so far has been about like facing your consequences from a different point of view and like mm-hmm. understanding that some of the decisions that you made, though they made sense at the time, were fucked and like 
now it's like coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Just seems like good narrative to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I think that might be one of the things that people didn't like about it. Cause what, like from what a lot of what I was reading on the internet was that, Oh, last of us two took a dark turn. Did it, did it really, is it more dark or is it just like, is this just what you did in the first game coming to roost mm-hmm. in the second game? Like yeah. your actions have mm-hmm. consequences. You just expect to shoot a whole bunch of people in the face and then walk away from it. Like, Sorry, this ain't Call of Duty. You're not going to walk away with a medal because you did it. It kind of rubs your nose in it. It kind of makes it and it it really makes you (laughs) live. It it makes you really kind of live and marinate in the the decisions that you made. And I I mean, this game is undoubtedly more graphic than the first one, like Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think to a degree that feels, I guess, like torture porn or anything like that. It definitely just it feels very... It just feels natural. It just feels like, hey, yeah, you, you know, the decisions that you made, it impacted these people and these people are pissed justifiably. And right. here's what they're going to do about it. They're going to beat Joel to death with a golf club. And it's a <laughs> very, <laughs> it's a very bloody, very upsetting sequence. Ellie's there. She sees it. She's begging, pleading and just Abby goes at it and, and lets him have it. And she lets Ellie and Tommy, who is uh, Joel's brother live. And, you know, so that that's, and this happens early on in the game too. A lot. Another thing that people thought was like, okay, Joel dies. He dies heroically saving Ellie at the end or whatever. This happens within like the first hour of the game. Like legit, like it, they, out of 24, <laughs> mind you. Yeah. Out of 24, depending on how you're playing it. Like, yeah, it is the thing that, and Joel pops up here and there with like flashbacks and stuff. So you get to kind of, you know, live with him further on in the game and it kind of recontextualizes their relationship and stuff like that. But, and, and another thing that is broached in the, in the, in the game as well is what comes to light is the conversation between Ellie and Joel about like, Hey man, I actually did lie to you at the firefly hospital. Um, I mm. killed these people and there's this beautifully poignant, uh, poignant moment in the game where Ellie is super upset and she storms out and she's like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to forgive you. Like we're going to ride back to Jackson and I, I want nothing to do with you. Um, and then another cutscene happens later on in the game where they're talking about the whole thing. And he's like, if God gave me the chance to do this, to like do things over again. He's like, I would do the same thing over again. 100% basically. He's like, I, I have not changed my mind on it. I've made the right decision by saving you. Um, and she's like, you know, upset about it, but she's like, I, I think I can start to like learn to forgive you and stuff. And so they have this kind of come to Jesus moment and this like, you know, forgiveness. Um, but the, his death is what propels Ellie across across Seattle, going to Seattle to find Abby. And she's joined by her kind of girlfriend. They're kind of off and on, Dina. And another collection and cast of characters. But you spend half the game playing as Ellie and you're slowly working your way to finding Abby. You're you're meeting other people that are part of the WLF, which is what Abby is a part of. Um, you're torturing these people and interrogating them and tr- trying to inch your way closer to getting to Abby. And all the while you're doing further and further dark things. And you as a player and even as Ellie, you're sort of questioning, man, am, should I really be doing this? And but all the while you're still like remembering what Abby did to Joel. And I I don't know if 
it's at this point yet that you understand why Abby killed Joel. You you can Mm -hmm. maybe kind of think in your head why it happened, but I don't think until you switch to the second half of the game that the pieces start to fill themselves out. So I think at that point, you're still just running on adrenaline, like, Oh my man, they killed, they killed my boy, you know? So you're (laughs) running after it. You're doing, you're making crazy decisions and stuff like that, which are all tailored to the game. And then the game gets to a point where you are confronted with Abby She's there. She's got people at gunpoint and she points the gun at Ellie and she's like, I let you and this other person live that day. And sure enough, you're, 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 you're barking up the wrong tree. You're coming after me and you murdered a bunch of people that I care about and watch what's about to happen. And then the game cuts to black and then reopens and it's day one Seattle you're playing as Abby the rest of the game basically you're pay- you're playing as the the antagonist as Abby and mm-hmm. it's recontextualizing the 3 days that you spent as Ellie making your way through Seattle trying to find Abby you see it from the other side playing as Abby and at, Damn. F- at first you're probably like I don't want to do this like I don't want to start from scratch and I don't like this person but the more that you play the more that you interact with these people and you start to understand who Abby is and what happened to her. Like I said earlier, without kind of divulging into the spoilers, but you start to view the decisions and the things that happened and the people that Ellie killed in the beginning of the game. And you're like, Oh shit, I'm interacting with these people and I'm going on missions with these people. And I'm understanding who these people are as, as, as just individuals and their relationship to other people and how they how we have a relationship together. And then as the events of playing as Abby start to slowly get closer to the events with, with Ellie, you walk into a certain set piece at an aquarium and you're like, Oh, I I know exactly what Abby's about to find. I know what's about to happen. And I felt bad. I was like, damn it. Why did I, why did I do this to these people? Like I, I feel bad. And this game does an amazing thing where it it makes you feel so much venom, hate, and and anger towards one character. And slowly over the course of the second half of the game, you start to soften up. You start to understand like, yeah, honestly, if the roles were reversed, if Abby was Ellie and Ellie's dad, Joel, was the doctor and Abby or and Abby's dad killed the doctor like literally if the if the roles were reversed you could totally see the same thing happening um mm-hmm. from their yeah. perspective and it it gets to that whole circular nature of violence begetting violence and will this justify you will will you fulfilling your desire of revenge will this uh, will this fill that hole in your heart or will it leave you more empty and and start to you know, separate you from the people that you love because the game ends on a very somber note. Um, and it definitely, I definitely don't think that the game justifies revenge uh, for where it leaves certain characters and how this craving for retribution can sever ties um, from the people that you truly love and care about. So I, I think one of the things with the leaks, you know, with people finding out that you play the second half of the game as Abby, I think that threw a lot of people off because. And, and it's an un, it's it sucks for the developers of the game because it's like you're finding this out 
without having played the game. So mm-hmm. understandably, mm-hmm. people are probably overreacting and freaking out. Like, well, I don't the girl that this random girl that I don't know about is killing Joel. And then I have to spend the second half of the game playing as her. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, do and we it just, know how the leaks happened? It was a I guess it was a, I think it was a Naughty Dog employee just went rogue and just went like, here's Damn. screenshots and stuff and go crazy. What the fuck? That sucks. I, as someone that works with games, I I work with a certain game company. Um, Recently, actually, I remember checking my work Slack and people were like, uh, and they posted screenshots and they're like, why is this leaked? And it was a screenshot and I can just see all the messages on my Slack and everyone's like, uh, uh, like doing damage control. Like, uh, (laughs) did someone like, is this in the build? Like, oh, well, and I remember like feeling panicked too i was like did i do it did i like did some of the people i work with like some of the vendors and stuff that i work with like did we accidentally do something everything was fine like we didn't really do anything wrong but that was just a a, that's just a screenshot i can't imagine logging in and looking and being like literally basically like the entire game was leaked and you're just like oh oh shit jesus all of this hard work purposeful though yeah like that doesn't feel like it could have been an accident oh no, no 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 this was definitely like pretty meditated unless like yeah somebody was like i want to impress my friends so i'm gonna send them a little bit and be like hey don't tell this to anybody i'm under a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement that and they sent it everywhere person should never be working in games <laughs> yeah no if you go against a non-disclosure agreement you should pretty much be back black box from everything secret yeah and and i mean at least, really would be. at least if you're gonna spoil something as someone that works in games like like sit with a friend and talk to them like don't like send photos and like game code and videos like that that's a no-go dude don't leave a like, paper don't trail do that. come on exactly <laughs> yeah but you would never do that right nick of course not i've never done that never I done really that haven't. <laughs> don't hold me to the no. fire i really no, haven't no, done no, that no, 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 no. he hasn't he hasn't um but yeah those are those are the two big controversies i wanted to bring up the fact that a joel dies and dies at the beginning of the game and he dies at the hands of abby who is someone that we as players have never heard of before and we play the second half of the game as her i think that by the end of it you know eventually ellie and abby come to an altercation they it happens twice and both times i was like I don't want to do this. I like you. I like you both. Both of you guys. I understand your your hatred for each other. I understand why you are driven to do the things that you're doing and why you're going on this journey. Both of you have valid points. Let's just stop. Let's you know what we both Let's caused Let's each other. Okay, come we on. We both caused each other <laughs> enough harm. We both killed enough people. Let's stop bickering and arguing about who killed yes, who. Yes. Let's just sit down. It's like in, in an alternate universe, these two characters would be really great friends. I truly believe that, and it's super mm-hmm. upsetting mm-hmm. to watch these characters who, um, as you play the game, you grow a fondness for. You just don't want to see them fight, and it's super upsetting, and. They, they Abby and Ellie's story kind of mirror each other because Abby is kind of coming out of this rage and stuff. I mean, she does get her vindication by killing Joel. So she kind of, you know, and, and she's kind of haunted by that still. And she's kind of troubled by it, but she finds 
uh, redemption through a couple characters that you meet that are uh, scars or seraphites. Um, and you start mm-hmm. to see the humanity coming out of Abby and she starts to care and she learns to grow outside of this um, revenge and stuff. And she even tells Ellie, she's like, I, I want nothing to do with you, dude. Like, let's just stop. But Ellie continues to go down this downward spiral of like, no, I have to do this. I have to do this. And it's just it's super upsetting, but it's also brilliant storytelling and wonderful characterization. And I love it. What do you guys think? Sorry, I was talking a lot. Yeah, it's just human. No, you're good. Yeah, it's human to want revenge. And at the end of the day, an eye for an eye kind of leaves the whole world blind, as uh, Gandhi I once like, said. Yeah, I like to see a an apocalyptic uh, story that doesn't rely heavily on the apocalypse part mm-hmm. and relies more on like the human nature of it. Exactly. Because this plot could take place like in today's society, granted like... The killing people is, of course, illegal and you'd have to deal with the legal aspects of it. But like the zombies don't have to be around for this story to happen because it's strictly about like the human nature of the situation, which I really like. I mean, I I just think it's a good game about the the human element of of all of it. Yeah. Cynical people would be like, oh, it's just another zombie game, isn't it? It's like, no, well, no. <laughs> and also, if people don't like being led down a certain path, like, do you know how well the Telltale games sold? And like, those were so rigid oh, yeah. when it came to choices. Like, you got them, but not really. Yeah. yeah and I've seen some people, you know, uh, put comparisons to like, you know, The Walking Dead, like as a show about like, oh, mm. the real villains are the, are the, the humans, uh, you know, and all that stuff. It's like. <laughs> yeah, but I think that Last of Us does in 24 hours, you know, roughly, what Walking Dead like has been trying to do for like 10 plus seasons. And mm-hmm. yeah, oh, there are but, 10 seasons now. They're more than 10, I think. And Oof, where have I been? The thing that's different though is that like it's like yeah, well, Walking Dead did it first. It's like yeah, but Walking Dead just keeps doing it every time. It's the <laughs> also, same problem every walking, time. Yes. I think to like kind of roll back on what I had just said, the walking dead, like that's not one of those things where you could take them out of the zombie apocalypse and still see the story play out almost the exact same. But like the last of us, it is like that because the walking dead, if you took them out of the zombie apocalypse, none of it would happen. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. But if somebody were to murder your father, like you would hunt them down for revenge. Like that's a huge, I mean, even in like the princess bride, that's huge. So (laughs) good. My father prepared to die. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And some people were questioning whether or not, like would Ellie really devote this amount of time and energy into doing this? And I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I four would, years is a long time, yeah. like to have a relationship with someone. Yeah, yes. and having gone cross country with them, and you know, as the game starts to recontextualize, like the narrative and things start to come full circle and stuff, you realize that this death, Joel's death, like comes off the heels of like her basically trying to mend her relationship with Joel after figuring out that mm-hmm. he lied to her. Um, and there was that rupture in their relationship and she was like, I don't want anything to do with you. And then she's like, well, I guess I can come around and stuff. And like, you know, they, they're trying to mend that. And right as she's beginning to repair that relationship with him, she's taken away from him and she sees him murdered brutally in front of her. Um, yeah. And she suffers PTSD in the game. And 
obviously, understandably. So to think that like, oh, well, I just don't understand why she would. It's like I don't understand that critique. I, I think that it's made abundantly clear why she would do the things that she does. It does get to a mm-hmm. point, though, where it's like, hey, Ellie, you kind of have things good right now. Could we table this this whole thing? Like I, you've given it a good go and everything's fine. You really don't need to reopen this wound again. And she does. And you're like, damn it. Mm. You have it so good right now. Why are you doing this? And again, it goes to the whole like I mean, she has PTSD of this moment in, in Joel's face. And she she I think that she's still seeking like if I can just kill Abby, if I can just if I can just get her out of the equation, if I can just fulfill this, everything will fall in together and I will be at peace and I can move on. When we all know mm-hmm. the answer to that is that won't she'll just end up staying broken like it, it mm-hmm. won't fix yeah. that. Um, and the 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 game loves to wrestle with that conversation as well as with Abby. But like I said, Abby's more on the coming out of trying to shed this and Ellie is digging herself deeper into it. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and wrap up yeah. um, just that way we can get to the quick this. But. Do you have any like final final words before we switch it over to promos? Ooh, final words. Well, if you're listening to this and you still haven't played the game, <laughs> still play the game. Shame uh, on you. Because <laughs> Shame this, on you, is all, this is all information I knew. I knew Joel died. I knew he died by Abby. And I knew that I played Abby for the second half of the game. And I still love this game. Um, maybe I would have a slightly different opinion about the game had I not known any of this stuff. I'm pretty sure I would. But I I think it's still worth the journey 100%, even if you know this stuff. So if you're still listening and you haven't played it, please, 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 please play this game. Take advantage of the, uh, what is it, like the state, of, the, de- the days of play, 2021 with PlayStation, May 26th. Uh, the game will be on sale. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that deal. Dive into the game. Really get lost in it and take your time. Enjoy the characters. Enjoy the narrative. It's, it's it's not only a beautiful story and a heartbreaking and really uh, dark story, but it's also just a really great game. The gameplay is really mm. amazing. It's fluid. The gunplay is incredible. Crafting, stealth, the world is incredible. I I cannot speak more highly of this game. This is probably one of my favorite games of all time up there with Bioshock. Bioshock's one of my favorite franchises, um, but this this thing is insane. I adore this game. Oh yeah, makes it worth buying the PlayStation Five, I assume. Oh yeah, you you got uh, you let me borrow your PlayStation to play Spider Man, and I was like, I totally get why someone would buy a PlayStation to play Spider Man, and I know people would say mm. that about you know the Uncharted games and God of War and stuff, and I'm making my way through those games as well. But damn, Last of Us Two, like damn. I I would buy a PlayStation over again just for that game, <laughs> for sure. Do you have any plugs that you want to do before we switch it over? No. <laughs> Great. Well, I no, All right, on to the promos. <laughs> hey, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an I-E. See you then. 
I didn't get new promos, <laughs> and I said that I would, hey, but Alex. I didn't. <laughs> hey, Nick. I, I won't do this bit again. I'm sorry. <laughs> IDK, what? Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. We're still going? I was still doing the bit. Um, another another great episode with our good buddy, Nick, here. Uh, not Thick Nick, the other Nick. It is a bit confusing when you're both on, but we still love it nonetheless. Uh, Michael, last week we talked about some weeaboo mm-hmm. shit because that's your corner of the oh, world. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess this week, uh, hopefully you brought something for our quick this that isn't weeaboo related. <laughs> but if it is, that's okay too. We love and accept it equally and always. Thanks. I, yes. I appreciate the unconditional love despite uh, my... I will never yuck anyone's yum, even if it's weeaboo as hell. <laughs> yuck a yum. Uh, for, for explanation, Nick, uh, I talked about the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie that's in theaters right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Solid, solid. <laughs> he moved closer to his microphone to like gesture like okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh anyways, so yeah, so whenever we have a timer set up and ready to go, I'm oh. uh, you all can come on this we should just have them this ready, quick but... trip down uh my uh post COVID vaccine rattled mind. Uh so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> hey, I got a timer. Ready, too. set, go, go. Right, cool. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about something that isn't necessary, isn't exactly like entertainment, but it directly correlates to entertainment. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what lossless uh, audio formatting is, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because recently Apple um, Apple announced that the Apple Store is going to support uh, lossless audio for the first time, and along with that, they are going to also support spatial audio. Um, two really important things that can um, that can not drastically I don't know drastic maybe like a uh, like might be a bit of hyperbole but it can make a big deal on your listening experience if you have the right equipment and set up for it um, so first let's talk a little bit about lossless audio so typically when we're talking about like audio formatting and this is like something that we're all a little bit more uh, comfortable talking about considering you know we're on a podcast um yes unfortunately (laughs) um but basically like everyone knows what mp3 is what an mp3 like you got mp3 which is audio mp4 which is like video and audio um but an mp3 is essentially a way that um your audio files are formatted so that they can save as much space as possible but saying staying at a high quality uh, that's called a lossy format because essentially what has to happen is a your audio track is uh, essentially like run through a computer algorithm. The computer algorithm knows what sounds that it thinks the human ear can't e- can't actually hear, completely removes them and eliminates the data from even being in the file in the first place. And the thing is, though, is like computers are never 100 percent accurate with this stuff. There's always going to be something that it misses or accidentally cuts out that can enhance the experience. Um, As an example of like what this would look like in a visual representation, imagine you have like a JPEG picture. Uh, Someone then takes a screenshot of that JPEG picture, saves it as a JPEG, compressing the image twice, 
And then that <laughs> someone keeps taking screenshots of it. It gets JPEGed and then JPEGed and then JPEG. All of a sudden you have an image that three or four years later now looks like about like eight different pixels total. Deep <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the big thing with this is that it's just a matter of like, you having uh, the best possible audio experience that you can. You're hearing every little detail that can possibly ever be included. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's the PlayStation 5 of audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so part of that is you also kind of have to have the right listening experience. Uh, some people get very, very big into like their audio setup. So people have like an amplifier that runs the feed directly into like dynamic headphones that uh it's a whole complicated thing um they're weirdos we'll I, again it. i'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum but you all you all asmr community people <laughs> out there are getting real excited <laughs> listening to all this <laughs> to go along with that uh apple also announced that they're going to support spatial audio so Ooh. typically this when, stuff's cool though i like yeah, this stuff this, this is, is neat. cool this is really yes. cool so spatial audio like normally when we mix audio you have like the left mix and the right mix. It's essentially mm-hmm. which ear it's going to be played into. Most of the time, the mix is centered, is put directly in the center. So you get just as much audio in the left and the right ear. But every once in a while, like they'll, like one of the first times I ever experienced this was like I used to listen to songs and music with like one headphone off and it'll get to a mm-hmm. part where I'm fully expecting like something. And it's like, wait a minute, there's nothing. What's going on? And I put on, oh, okay, now it's in my left ear. <laughs> mm. All right. So spatial audio essentially takes that and ramps it up uh, 360 degrees. The whole idea being that instead of you only having two channels, you can record audio in a 360 degree atmosphere. So you can have music that is being uh, feeded into you from like the top right corner of a room or from directly above you, directly below you or any degree in between. Um, The big thing with that is it's essentially surround sound for music. Um, it puts surround sound in your head. Yeah, essentially. It's scary. And the, the big deal with that is that it gives any time that you are able to give an artist the ability to uh, new tools, essentially different ways to curate the way that their uh, their artwork is coming to you. It opens up a realm of possibilities and creativity that can be implemented. So mm-hmm. we're going to probably at some point, especially with this being picked up by such a large medium with the with the Apple store, the Apple music store. Oh, um, you hit five minutes. Cool. I'm almost done. Um, Go ahead. We're going to start to see <laughs> entertainers, finish. musicians start really taking advantage of this technology and podcasters possibly uh, taking full advantage of this new way of experiencing uh, music. Wow. I'll just um, I'll just say you guys have some loose rules on the whole five minute thing. Yeah, well, we got five minutes and 16 seconds there, but I know that like last okay. week <laughs> I, I went on for like closer to like eight minutes. So I, I really don't That's pay attention good. to it. But when we first started the podcast, we used to yank you off at five minutes and you had to shut up yes. no matter where you were. But that felt a little rude. Mm-hmm. It'd be um, funny if you could like cut the mic. They're talking about audio. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we lost them. <laughs> See, oh, that, what a shame. I'd be interested in implementing that into uh, our podcast, maybe for like an episode or two. I don't know how weird it would be if, if like we were able to do like a roundtable discussion where you actually felt like you were sitting at the table. I think that that's oh, yeah. an interesting concept. Um, you feel like you're in the middle of the table. God, I guess you're right. That's weird. 
Is this still the same episode? Really it's spatial audio. I mean, you can yeah, be this is still the same episode. Listening to us. Nope. So who oh. knows? This is this is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can I plug something? Yeah. Sure. Entertain go ahead. this three sixty. And about you can plug, plug it again next week on your quick this too. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just I, I just want to plug. Uh, uh, it's a movie. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, I want to plug the scene, the Furby scene, in the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, <laughs> that is uh, cinema, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> Great. <laughs> We All love right, it. Cool. We love can it. We allow that? Maybe we we're can keep that in. Yeah, we're gonna keep that in. Maybe right. uh maybe we'll get more <laughs> of a of a uh detailed explanation of that in your quick this next week. We'll have no. to wait and see. Great. Okay. All right. So uh, as always, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um remember that if there's a topic that you want to hear us cover right here on the show on Entertain This, there are multiple ways you can reach out to us. I will say the best way that you can do so is to go to our website. That's www.entertainthis.net. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage, there's a little uh, fill outable questionnaire that uh, you can suggest something for us to go over. If you want to come on and be a guest like Nick was, you can message us there uh, and tell us what maybe you want to come on the show and talk about. We're always looking for interesting people to talk to. Uh, there's some other ways, though, in case uh, .NET isn't cool enough for you. You can find us on Twitter. We are uh, entertain underscore this. Our Instagram is username entertain this podcast. We have a Facebook page. If you look up entertain this with the three dots, you'll find our logo and uh, you'll know you're at the right place. Uh, as always, we ask that you entertain us so we can entertain you and you can entertain this. We'll see y'all next Friday. Goodbye. See you. Bye. This episode of Entertain This was written by Nick Wolf, with additional commentary from Nick Mustakangas, Michael Savoya, and Alex Steele. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is referable by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening. <laughs>